Testing, testing. Yes, perfect. Okay, do you want to tell me? Just describe where you are. So we're walking through the rail corridor right now. We're kind of going deeper. You don't really see the highway anymore, but you can still kind of hear the traffic through the shroud of trees. And on the other side of the path, it's completely just wild forest. You just see the silhouettes against the light. So at night, this whole thing is completely dark. It's for nocturnal wildlife. So we're kind of walking through complete darkness. And if we try to be quiet and we stop, you can kind of hear beyond um, the traffic, the sound of mating crickets, the gurgle of a stream. Yeah, just a moment of silence in a forest in the middle of Singapore. It's a rainy Thursday evening. My producer Yang Yang and I are standing on the rail corridor a 24-kilometer former railroad that's been converted into a trail running smack through the middle of Singapore. The British started building this railway in 1900, when Singapore was still just a colony. For over a century, the railway connected Singapore to Malaysia, surviving through world wars and the two countries' merger, separation and independence. But before 2011, this land still belonged to the Malaysian government. So as the city-state developed into neighborhoods of office towers, condo buildings, this area remained largely untouched. Then in 2011, after a series of land disputes and negotiations, the railway land was finally returned to Singapore. So all of a sudden, you had this long, winding strip of land, almost wilderness in some areas, running through the heart of a highly developed island. And this was a huge dilemma. What should Singapore do with the land? Hi, come in. To answer that, hello, hello. We'll need no Kang Min. Hi, my name is Kang Min, and I'm a forest ecologist by training. And her friend. Oh, hi, I'm KL. Um, I'm the current um, chairman for the Marine Conservation Group of NSS. NSS, or Nature Society Singapore, is the oldest conservation group in the city state. And in 2011, when the railway land was returned to Singapore, it submitted an audacious proposal to the government. To, to suggest that, you know, uh, since this land was going to be returned to Singapore, why not, you know, keep the whole stretch as a, a, a nature corridor, a green corridor, um, not just for nature, but also for people to enjoy. So that was... This might not sound like a big deal, but it definitely was ambitious and quite unprecedented in a tiny island like Singapore simply because here, land is extremely scarce. To put things in perspective, Singapore's land area is smaller than the size of New York City. But this railway is 10 times longer than the High Line in NYC. For conservationists like Kangmin, never in their wildest dreams could they imagine their proposal succeeding. But it worked. Instead of parceling out the land for real estate development, the railway has since been kept as a green spine. Largely untouched for over a century, the rail line connects almost every natural habitat you can find in Singapore, from mangroves and marshland to forest and grassland. The railway also spans the entire breadth of the nation, cutting through some of the city's most exclusive neighborhoods, from the Mandai mangrove and mud flat in the north, close to Malaysia, all the way to the central business district in the south. 
It's a continuous highway for wildlife and people, so to speak. Can you tell us more about the potential like plants and animals that we will encounter on this path? Um, yeah, so if you came on the morning, you would very high chance you will hear the straw-headed bubble. Internationally, it's critically endangered because in other places in the region, like in Indonesia or Malaysia, they, there would be poachers uh, who catch it for the songbird trade. So it's only in Singapore where you have a pretty decent population of the straw-headed bubu. So and, and, and the call is very melodious. Like you can you can probably Google Google it and, and play the, the call. Okay. It is unmistakable. Yeah. It took Singapore more than half a century to get here. In nineteen sixty seven, just two years after the city state proclaimed its independence, the government's environmental vision was a pithy two word slogan. Garden City, which was all about tidiness. An imaginative concept by the Prime Minister, Mr. Lee Kuan Yew, in 1963, raised a variety of such subjects for urgent attention, which led to the study and creation of a Garden City Action Committee by the Ministry of National Development. Singapore's founder, Lee Kuan Yew, wanted a manicured approach to nature, to tame the wild, not to coexist with it. That attitude towards nature has come at a cost, Building skyscrapers and transforming the city into a wealthy, futuristic metropolis has meant sacrificing acres of forests and wetlands. From 2000 to 2020, Singapore lost the equivalent of nearly a thousand football fields worth of tree cover, according to Global Forest Watch. But now, the island wants to bring back the wilderness, to build a city in nature instead of an artificial garden. Kangmin thinks that, among all things, the pandemic might have helped shift mindsets. No, um, actually, so everybody was locked in Singapore. The only place you could go were the parks. How many parks do we have? Not so many. And if there was the loss of one park, like it made a lot of difference, right? So everybody started to take notice of what was going on on the land in Singapore. So Keo has another theory. In his opinion, this is a generational mindset shift as Singapore's economy progresses. Suppose there is a, a switch in mindset of people living in Singapore. Um, right, so, so when we first started off in you know, the 70s, 80s and all, so Singaporeans are just focusing on how to survive, make ends meet, you know, bring food to the table. Whereas as, as we progress, um, I think the citizens, the, the people living in Singapore, they, they then for something that's better, their quality of life to be better. So, so they start to appreciate nature. You know, they have time for that, right, as compared to the past. And that, that's one of those major factors that switch in the mindset of people. The rail corridor may be one of Singapore's biggest conservation success stories. On weekdays, before and after the workday, and on weekends from dawn to dusk, the trail is full of hikers, bird watchers, runners and bikers a full cross-section of Singaporean society, from kids to the elderly who are out and about on the trail. But Kangmin and Chaos say more could still be done. Nature Society and other civil society groups are working with the Singapore government to re-wield more parts of the corridor and to hopefully return the landscape to its original rainforest state. Uh, rewilding sort of brings a concept that, you know, you can just let nature um, run its course. Uh, you let the trees grow naturally, just take in and, and, and be inspired by how nature can, can, can grow on its own. In Singapore, Selena Xu for Bloomberg News.